Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and my guest today is Jake Miller, the founder of Grit Player Services. He also had did biz dev for Vayner Sports, was a vice warrior for Barstool Sports in Nebraska, and is all around good dude. Jake works with professional athletes and influencers and helps them as a business manager. Jake is such a cool dude. He's super, super grateful for everything in his life, which I'm very happy for, and I'm very grateful that he's grateful. And so it's a nice way to just spread a little positivity. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Jake Miller. today my special guest jake miller founder of grit player services biz dev formerly a biz dev at vayner sports viceroy at barstool sports ga and went to nebraska for a minute jake appreciate you hanging out with me today man i appreciate you having me man this is a great day to be alive like you said you said it best it always (laughs) is man it's always a great day to be alive i'd rather be here than there we could go with a couple more cliches i guess uh six feet above than six feet below you know stacking them up exactly man exactly Um, but jake really appreciate you coming on the first question i have for everybody on the for the love of sports podcast is why do you love sports so much I, you, you would think I would come prepared with this answer. No, nobody, <laughs> like it's actually, I love asking this question first because you'll see your answer is it's going to come full circle in some capacity. It has pretty much for everybody. And it's no one really ever is ever asked this question. I found out very quickly. So I kind of like asking it. It's a great question. I love sports because it strips away any, like whatever the relationship is off the field or like off the court, off like, in, at least in team sports or even your relationship with yourself, everything is revealed when it's, when it comes down to it. It's, it's that simulation of pushing yourself to your absolute limit. And like, yes, it's pushing yourself to your absolute limit of like chasing a ball, but I love sports cause it like reveals character and you, you get to see who somebody really, who somebody really is when, when push comes to shove. And it really, you know, that's a really great answer too, because you always see, it's like, as you say, heat of the battle kind of stuff. That's when your real personality comes out, right? That's when like, you're the most you, because there's no filters, there's no thinking. It's just reacting at that point. Exactly. And there's people in my life who are, who are unreal teammates, like, and people I would like, I want in my foxhole, but people I would hate to go get coffee with right now. Like, <laughs> like obviously I would love to go and like talk about like our, our like playing with them, but like maybe not the person I get along with the most, but somebody at that is like, I, I know has great character at the end of the day. I love him. Don't and learn you know, that anywhere else. You always hear it too. It's just like, you love him if he's on your team, you hate him if he's not kind of person. And like, everybody's got one of those and you just got to kind of roll with that guy because, or that girl, because Hey man, you love them if they're on your team. Exactly. And you know, like, and there's even that little bit of like respect if they're on the other team of like, you hate them, you hate them because they do that dirty stuff and they, they, they're, they're going to be the one to untie your shoe and like dive on the floor for a loose ball. Like if you give the basketball reference and like, there's a little bit of respect. You hate it. You're angry at it. You would never probably never admit it to anyone, even, and especially not to their face, but there's a tiny bit of respect there of like, 
he's doing whatever it takes. Yep. Damn. Wish he was on my side and was doing <laughs> yeah. it for them instead. No, I totally agree, man. And so I guess, you know, with you specifically, you know, you great player services, we're going to get into it. You do social media with a lot of different athletes and, and, you know, help them on that side. So we're going to get to that. But I noticed there was a lot of sports writing in your background as well. So where, where did like the journalism, social media, sports, like where did that kind of come from, I guess? Yeah, I was always told like from a young age that like writing was something that like, like it was just something I was always encouraged to do. I don't know if I was good at it, but it was, you know, it's always something where a teacher would be like, oh, you're a great writer, keep writing. And I was either dumb enough to believe him or like, <laughs> or that was the case. Sometimes and that's I, all it takes, man. Sometimes. <laughs> and I got into sports writing and I liked it. It's I talked about this actually with, with a kid who's – he's uh, Grant Thomas, who's a designer for the Rams and, a mu and honestly a much better writer than me. Um, but we both talked about how we both started in it, and it's a world that's different than what a lot of people think. You know, a lot of people think it's like a typewriter. I'm thinking about the game that I just watched, and I'm like, what a day it was. It was breezy on August 5th. What it really is is like a lot of uncomfortable social situations trying to get – people who don't want to talk about themselves to talk about themselves and you're an outsider into their lives. So it like, it thrusts you into having uncomfortable conversations. And I think that's like one of the biggest skills that I appreciate from my time during sports writing is that uncomfortability and you're never comfortable with it, but getting that practice of like, when you walk into a stadium in Sterling, Nebraska for an eight on eight football game, the 50 people in the stands all know that you are not from <laughs> Sterling, Nebraska. And their reaction to you is this is the outside journalist. And he's definitely like, he's the only person here that could ever say anything bad about either of these teams. So you're mm -hmm. immediately you it, and the people are incredibly nice in Sterling, Nebraska. So I don't want to <laughs> say that, but that's the feeling in as, as the journalist walking in and being able to operate from that standpoint, and being able to operate on a tight deadline to where I'm typing out a story on my, on my laptop and it's due at 10 30 PM to get into the paper the next day. Like those are experiences, like they translate to any industry and that I'm so grateful for. So like, that's the, what drew me in was just good at writing sports was something I love. So I just love writing about sports. Like that's just been something from day one. Um, but something I'm like incredibly appreciative of. I love that, man. That is, it's, it's so important that, you know, as you said, it, it translates to other industries. It translates to other things that you're potentially doing. And I think that that portion of it, obviously the deadline aspect of it, the kind of being an outsider, I mean, that can translate to sales that can translate, you know, obviously communications and other opportunities consulting. I mean, just looking at it from that perspective and understanding, Hey, like people in Sterling, Nebraska, know. you know, we always knew, I mean, there was like two people, that were really, really good on my high school basketball team. And we all knew when there was someone weird in the crowd, it's like, that's not a family member. Why is this guy dressed like that? What's going on? And you kind of like, everybody knows. Again, there's 50 people in the stands. It's not, it's not hard to pick out the one guy's like, who are you and what are you doing here? <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's immediate suspicion. And like, yep. as, as there should be, because that's your community. Those are your people. You're protecting them. But that's, that's something funny, that's man. interesting to deal with. Yeah, I can only imagine. So you were at Nebraska. Um, you were a GA there in the communications program, you said, correct? Yeah, that was for grad school. For, okay. uh, un for undergrad, I was actually, I went to Nebraska Wesleyan University, which is still in Lincoln, Nebraska. And okay. I 
went out there because they said you can play basketball here and I said really and tried to call their bluff and went out there and sure enough they let me do that <laughs> jokes on them I guess yeah. right? <laughs> that's awesome dude well congrats and I guess uh you've made a couple basketball references so that does make sense and I guess what was it like playing college sports what did, was this division two division three low division one this was division three we were actually the only dual affiliated school in the nation to where we were division three and we were also naia d2 and the reason for that was our conference was naia d2 um but they didn't want to pay us scholarships and wanted the academics to be the focus so we were the only school that didn't give out scholarships in a conference of 12 teams so that was an experience there were some there were some high highs and low lows in that. I was going to say, <laughs> man, you guys must have got crushed every once in a while. There, was, there were some years. I think we finished 12th my, my freshman year, and that was like 12th out of 14. And then we, we had like – we were set up for like the great year, my sophomore year, and we, they, they, those seniors ended up playing super well. I think they finished fourth. And then we were picked like 14th of 14th as a junior. We had a new coach coming in. And all, none of us had really, like, there were two guys who had minutes and we were picked 14th of 14th. And it was so fun because we, I think we finished, I'm going to butcher it. I'm sorry, guys, if anybody's listening, but it's like fifth or sixth. And we were so stoked. It was so cool just to be like, it was, it was such a like middle finger to everybody in the conference. And then our, our final year, I think we were second, like, wow. and we were led by a kid who's, who's playing with the globe trotters now and is hell yeah. Average 20, I think he averaged 28 our senior year. He was five foot nine ginger kid that was just wet from range. Give him the ball, man. Just, just figure out a way. The easiest, like my dad, my dad from the minute I set on campus, set foot on campus, he watched Trey, the kid's name is, is Trey. My dad watched him play and said, just set screens for Trey. He said, don't worry about anything else. Worry about being the best guy at setting screens for Trey. And it was the probably some of the best advice I got in playing college basketball. That's awesome, man. <laughs> Kudos to your dad for that one. And yeah, yeah. I mean, we all, I mean, we've all been on those teams where it was just like that one kid. It's just like, whoa. All right. Yeah, whatever. We'll just get him the ball. Um, I remember a couple of times in soccer and, 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 uh, you know, grade school as well as basketball is always just like, you know, I'll shoot twice, maybe, you know, hopefully I hit a basket, but let's, let's let that kid shoot 15 times. He, he knows what he's doing. Exactly. Uh, Pass it to the Italians. You got to have some yeah, self hey, There we go. Um, <laughs> and I love that. So, so you were at ne in Nebraska, what, uh, Wesley? Yep, okay. yep. Very cool. In Lincoln. So you're still in the college town where mm -hmm. University of Nebraska is. I've actually been to, I drove past Lincoln at like one o'clock in the morning and ended up in Omaha at like three o'clock in the morning, I think, or maybe my time's a little off. I drove across the country once, didn't mm -hmm. stop in Lincoln, stopped in Omaha, but I had a buddy there. But um, I know that everything in the state of Nebraska is Husker Red, and it is yes. insane. Does that trickle down to the D3 school that's in the same, like how, oh, how did that aspect work? Like our Saturdays were mainly based around Husker football. Like if there's a Husker home game, like it is kind of like no doubt in our mind. If we I think as like, like I, a lot of kids who go to Nebraska Wesleyan are athletes. So we would like have each other's backs. Like if there was ever a way we could make the football, the football team's game and the Skurs game, we were going to do that. But it's Huskers over everything. I always, I always say it like six Saturdays out of the year, there is not a better place to be in the nation because it's so cool to see a community of it's like between Omaha and every, everywhere around Nebraska, it's probably a million plus people all gathered around the same thing. And it's so like, it's so fun to be a part of, like, it's, 
you drink the Kool-Aid, you, you, you give yourself into it, but you had like the best time. So why not? Right? (laughs) Why not? You're 18, 19, 20 years old. You're hanging out. It's a Saturday. You went, you're in college. So that means you have nothing to do. So, I mean, why the hell not enjoy taking that culture, that atmosphere. There's nothing like it. College football is insane, dude. Insane. And it, well, I think the trickle down that you talked about is it's funny. Like then if there was a weekend where like a lot of times that's what Weston would do and they would schedule the, their home games when the Mm -hmm. Huskers were away and we would treat it the same, like, if we would treat it the same way, there were just a lot less people. So like there would be 50 people out at a pregame out like in the front yard for the Wesleyan football game. And we'd all march over like shirts off, like everything painted black and gold for, and like same amount of intensity, just showing up at the stadium. And it's just one set of bleachers. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And yeah, I'm, I'm always curious about that, especially those college towns. Like I've had a, a couple friends go to those, bigger schools in the college towns and then some of my other friends end up going to like those little littler campuses within it and they pretty much just feed off the like the major universities so there's really like nothing like it dude it really and you can get like a little bit of best of both worlds i will always say like there's nothing like actually going and being on campus and like if you're a part of the campus life like there's it's not the same experience i don't want to say like but you can get a little bit of that a little bit of each and it's Mm -hmm. like uh, it's all about self-awareness all about knowing like what you want but like I, it is it is a cool experience like that not a lot of people talk about that is awesome man and you ended up going to nebraska as well as you said you went to uh graduate school there what was did you still get that same type of experience i mean what's it like now you're a little bit older because uh, i have a couple friends in graduate school and they're just like it's it's similar but it's just not quite the same even exactly. if you're in that college town what like what was that like Exactly. I was actually, so I, my mind had been set. I was going law school, law school, law school. I'm being like with the idea to be becoming a sports agent. Cause I had an assistant basketball coach who was a sports agent. And like, that was the idea. Um, I was like set, ready to go to like, had my seat at Vanderbilt. Like I had like put, put the deposit down for my seat at Vanderbilt. And then I think somebody asked me like, just like, what if you don't go this year? And that like, <laughs> obviously I, I had considered that, but it was like somebody asking me like that. And then actually looking into like Northwestern, like Northwestern law, this was just something I didn't know. 85% of their class the year before I applied had experience outside of uh, undergrad. Mm-hmm. And I started looking into like where my scores were in the schools that I was like, like I was waitlisted at Northwestern, waitlisted at UCLA. And like with those schools, that was like what I was missing. That was the mm-hmm. distinguishing factor. Uh, I was also dating a girl at the time and mm. she was not ready to graduate. Um, so <laughs> I can't, I, I should add that in there too. Cause it was Good. a conglomeration of factors. Pretty, pretty important <laughs> part of the story, I think, but anyway, I think so. keep going. I think so. And uh, I ended up deciding I'm going to stay. Uh, that led to, you know, everybody else, their second semester, senior year had been planning for that moment for a while. I decided in April that I was like, Oh, I'll go get a job was not as easy as I had expected was working at a Brazilian steakhouse uh, and working security at a, like the only club in Lincoln as uh, like right when I graduated, like Mm -hmm. that was my, that was my high profile after college job and ended up talking to somebody at the grad school. My actually my girlfriend at the time, her mom was on the treadmill next to the Dean of students at the communications college and was telling her about me and she was like, like, what were his scores? And then she's like, tell him to tell him to apply, tell him to just send the LSAT scores, which like is ridiculous to send law school scores to like communications college, mm-hmm. but did it. They said that they'll pay for my school and also pay me to do some work for 
an awesome professor on top of that. So I got to, uh, the voice of Nebraska radio, Rick Alloway. I got to like, he was the professor I got to work with and I spent a year and a half there uh, in grad school. And it's like you said, you're not really a part of it. I was lucky in that I had, I still had that resilient steakhouse crew where all of us were, I was the oldest one there. So like all of them were in college and I kind of got to experience a little bit more of Nebraska through them. So I'm always like really grateful and appreciative of those guys. That is awesome, man. And yeah, I mean, it, you'll never know who you're running next to on the treadmill, right? Like that's always <laughs> the, you know, you hear that story every other day, like just talk to the person next to you. You really never know what they're going to say or who they are. And, and clearly in this situation, you know, shout out to your ex-girlfriend's mom. I think that's awesome. Um, <laughs> and what she did and, you know, helping you out. And that is pretty weird that they wanted your LSAT scores, but I'm assuming you can do really well at the LSATs. You can pretty much do well at, I guess, a lot of things at that point, right? That was, I guess that was the thought, but I took a practice, like, I think it's the GMAT, whatever the, whatever the graduate school one is. I took a practice, one of those. And I was like, maybe like 51st percentile. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I went from like, yep. yeah, like it, I did not perform well. So that like huge shout out. Cause I don't think, I don't know. I don't think any of that would have happened. Well, it all worked out, man. You got to hang out in Nebraska for a little bit longer. sounds like, and as you said, you got, they paid you to go to school there and you got paid while you were there. You got to learn, you got to hang out in the sports department a little bit more, learn about that, especially in a college town like Nebraska. Um, you know, just really diving deep into that again. That's that's the culture, right? Like what's, what's the closest professional team to Lincoln? I have to, like, is it like, like football or just like, yeah, I mean, like, I guess I don't know anything. There's a lot of Cubs fans. There's a lot of Packers fans, a lot of Chiefs fans and a lot of Royals fans. I would say okay. those are like, that's the main. So, I mean, it's, kind of far though right like oh everything's three everything's <laughs> yeah. at least three hours like no matter exactly. almost almost no matter where you are in nebraska you're th you're about two like uh, two and a half three hours away from a professional sports team so the only thing that matters in nebraska is is the huskers essentially and then as you said like sometimes you get that trickle down which is still fun too yeah. but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know that is that is awesome so i mean you're clearly you're clearly in it man and i think that's great and so that is that like kind of how the sports journalism part kicked off i guess I had already been doing it back like in my, when, when I was in undergrad, I'd been doing it for my hometown paper. Okay. And then around my sophomore or my junior year was when I was covering like high school football in Nebraska, like the, mm -hmm. my whole fall. Okay. And that was, I think that was like the first time, like I was like really sacrificing any, like, cause I was sacrificing like my, most of my Friday nights to go to these small towns in Nebraska and cover it and really find out if that was something I'd really love to do. And it, I liked it, but it just really wasn't something where I'm like, I pictured myself being like Windhorst or mm -hmm. like, you know, one of the, one of the goats. Um, so yeah, I think from like, that was how I picked up on the sports writing thing. But I think there was just, there was, a, there was something back in my head the whole time. That's like this, this is close, but this isn't it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. And then, so when, when did you get the job with Vayner sports? When was that? That was my grad school, uh, my first year in grads or my first semester in grad school was like, I started in December mm -hmm. and I was going into that June. And I knew that like, that was, that was one of the things that excited me most about grad school was I got another, like another shot at an internship, mm -hmm. like, which I, like I had taken advantage of an undergrad and gone with uh, relativity sports and they became independent sport. They're independent sports and entertainment now working for their baseball division. And it was like a lot of, it just really straight intern work, but it was a cool peek into the industry and something like, I really, I really loved. Um, 
So I knew I would get another shot at it. And I was, that, that was my main focus that whole semester was just finding an internship. I've probably sent 50, like 50 to like 50 at least of mm-hmm. like, this was before like March 15th of just outreach to trying to get it, trying to get something started for an internship. And Vayner, I hit up info at VaynerSports.com <laughs> with an email that said, I was, it was very Gary V. Like, it was just like three ways I provide immediate value to Vayner Sports. And if I'm getting too far into the details here, let me know. But nope, you're like, that was, I was like, three ways I can provide value to Vayner Sports. And I think one of them was just an intro. Like, I knew, I knew a couple guys on the team. Like, mm-hmm. it was like through friends. Like, wasn't wasn't super close with anybody but just like through friends like everybody like if you're that age you you're you're yeah. two points of separation away from guys so i listed all those guys and i said intros here and then i said like number two like intros to like the people that were like mentors in lincoln for me that like i, I thought could maybe provide some value like shout out blake lawrence who runs open door shout out blake like blake's mm-hmm. blake was a huge one in that um and then number three was just like the, you know, what everybody says, hard work, work ethic. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I dressed that up nice. And sure enough, Brian emailed me back. Like he was like what, the only one of the 50 of those that I sent out where Brian emailed me back and said, he's a, he, Brian was a co-founder of Vayner Sports. And he said, Hey, let's have a phone conversation. Hopped on the phone. And then him and I had a great, him and I had a great conversation. Um, and then I was sitting in Gary Triangan sports marketing class and that call came through and I picked it up during class and <laughs> went outside and they're like, Jake, we want you to come out for the summer. And I was just, so let's go. That was awesome, man. No, I'm glad you told that story because I want, that's what I want people to hear is, you know, how do you get a job with Gary V? Cause I've had other people on from Vayner sports, Vayner media and, and understanding that aspect of it, I think is very important because there's a lot of different ways to do it, but in all those ways, as you even pointed out, it all comes down to value. Definitely. And I'm not a Gary, like, I'm not a Gary type guy. Like if mm-hmm. you meet me, like, I'm not like, like the, in like he's, he's got an energy and a personality about him that I just like, that's just not me. But I think that's, I guess to, to echo what you're saying, like, there's a lot of ways if you want to get in that ecosystem, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways. And it all just boils down to like, be humble enough to know what value you can provide. Mm-hmm. And then just, illustrate that value hundred percent man and then so you're there for the summer correct mm-hmm. so Probably. what do you what, you can take your sip of water i can fill up the time yeah. if you'd like <laughs> um and and again i think it is super super cool and kind of how because I, I know this part of the story then comes back around to what you're doing now so tell me what you did when you were there at uh at vayner sports for sure when we were there i tell a story like uh danny david was running the marketing uh department at the time aj was having his baby uh Viv at the time. And so I didn't see AJ. Like I showed up in June. I probably didn't see AJ. I probably saw him once between June and like July. And Danny had come from the background of him and Braxton Miller went to Ohio state together. And Danny Mm -hmm. had brought Braxton Miller over to Vayner sports. Uh, So Danny, understandably, Danny's focus was a lot on Braxton Miller. So that's what a lot of our focus was on, which is getting Braxton deals, trying to figure out ways like, we can bring him value. And that came in the form of like, we probably called, I, I probably called 300 businesses around Ohio to sponsor his camp um, that he was setting up that summer in Huber Heights, Ohio. And 
that was our main project for the first half of the summer. And then the camp was like in the middle of July and Danny was like, yo, we're going to fly one of you guys out. And it was myself and David Jaffin and Alex Shedlin and Devin Kleiner. And the other two didn't want to really, weren't really too interested in going. Um, but David and I were like, okay, we both really want to do this. Uh, and we were like, we thought of ways that we were going to play bubble hockey for it. And then we were just both like, wait, we can get the money for the flight and then both drive out there. And that's, so that's, that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> and we put on Braxton's camp and that, uh, like Danny's great. And we were working with some awesome people, but essentially day of the camp, like long story short, Brett, Jeff and I ran a, a camp for 300 kids about football. Like I stopped playing football, like as a junior in high school, Jeff and never played high school football. And we were running a camp for these 300 kids uh, like having zero experience. And it was like, end of the day, everybody had a great time. It was awesome. Like that, that we had some assistant coach, like assistant coach from the high school who put on a show and then like Braxton and all his guys came out and like I, those kids, like, I'm sure that's a day they'll never forget. So, oh my like, God. Yeah. Not, not to say that like, it was a bad experience because of that, but it was just so cool. Like, like you, you don't get that experience unless you're just thrust into something you're thoroughly not prepared for. <laughs> that then, is awesome man that is so uh, i'm i hate ohio state and you going to nebraska you should now there's, I guess, oh, the, too. there's so much disdain and oh then, my goodness but <laughs> i always hear braxton miller is a really really just great person which i think oh, is awesome to know he's a super nice human he is a super nice human um the other story from vanish sports that sticks out is uh i wasn't even in the office i think this was like this was a day this was i, I for some reason i wasn't in the office i might have, like it might have been like earlier late but uh, AJ was talking, was like, ah, oh, I need to figure out a way to get back from Penn state, like to the city. And Jaffin texted me and said, would you be down to go pick up AJ and Penn state? And I was like, Oh, absolutely. Like, let's do it. So we, I actually ended up missing one of my buddies, like a good friend from college's wedding. I wasn't in the wedding, but I did admit like he invited me and so I'm sorry, Jackson. And I missed his wedding to go pick up AJ at Penn state and like drive the six hours back with him. Cause we didn't have any time with him that whole summer. And was one of the hardest things I've ever made because like that friend, like he still is like means so much to me, but in terms of my career development was maybe one of the biggest decisions I've ever mm -hmm. made. Like yep. it's so huge for me to just get to know somebody like that, like in that, in that context. And like, we pulled up at a, he's like, do you guys want to stop at a casino? And we were like, yeah. And I remember pulling up my bank account and I had like $23. I had 20, like, cause I was an, an unpaid intern in New York city. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten a scholarship from Nebraska to go out there. And like, that was the only way I was making it by. And the payment hadn't come through yet. Like whatever. I had $23 in my bank account. And I'm like looking at Jaffin and I'm like, I'm gonna have to make $20 last. Like we got to find like a $3 blackjack table. Like we're, I'm doing the math in my head and we go to pull out money. And as I'm, as I'm going to pull out money, AJ like slaps a hundred dollar bill in each of our hands. He's like, I appreciate you guys. Like, let's, let's go have a good time. And we're like, this is, All right. cool, this is the coolest dude. And like, there we go. And that's just, yeah, those are, those are the two stories that from that, like all that'll always stick with me. That is awesome, man. And yeah, it is unfortunate you missed your friend's wedding, but as, as you said, like there is no, you rarely ever have an opportunity to sit down with someone like AJ Vanderchuk for six hours, right? That doesn't yes. happen. And you get comfortable, you eat meals together, you're stuck in a car. Like you could pretty much just ask him, I'm assuming anything you wanted at that point, especially when you're like three, four hours in and everyone's just starting to go stir crazy. Exactly. That must have just been incredible. Exactly. And he had just come from a meeting with like some Penn state guys. So it was like mm -hmm. interesting to get, like, it was my first look into like the agent, like 
that I, I was, I had never been that close to the recruiting process. Like mm-hmm. I had always mm-hmm. been in the background of like, you know, putting together briefs and putting together stuff, but like being able to hear him like debrief a meeting that just happened, like and how everything went down and like, see, like, it's such an inexact science. Like, like they were supposed to meet with four guys that day, three of them, like, or three of them blew them off. Like, and like, they like took that time to like come out there. Like, then that's just, I mean, the agency game is a whole, I'm sure it's like, that's a whole nother podcast, but yeah. <laughs> uh, that like, like you're saying, like that experience and getting to see that side and getting to know AJ over everything, like it just is incredible, man. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, if you send the check to your buddy too, right. You give him a nice, you know, exactly. you give him a nice <laughs> gift. Like, all right, dude, I'll make it up to you. I got, but, yeah. Like uh, the dividends in the back of the mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Um, so that you spent a little time at Vayner sports for that one summer and then you were a viceroy with Barstool Sports. And I know I asked you this before, but I don't think everybody out there knows what the heck a viceroy is. So if you don't mind explaining what that is and then telling us like, about your time with what you did with Barstool. For sure. So I, I guess this is a very, this is like, I guess this is something people can take a ton of value from with my time with Banner Sports. I wanted to stay on. Like I was like, hey, I'm going to give up my last like year of grad school. Like I, I, I'm going to get more experience here. Like, and I was like, I did the math to like pretty much live in a bunk bed in like Queens and, and come into work. And like, that's what I set my salary at. I think I set it at like 28 for the year. And I was like, mm-hmm. just give me 28,000 and I'll make it like, I'll make it by like, you guys mm-hmm. did like no questions that you guys don't have to worry about how I'm living, but like, just give me 28,000 so I can stay for, for a year and like prove my value. And AJ said, no, like understand it. Like, because like he, it was never like, he was, he's like, Jake, it's not a question of like the quality of work you put out or like the fact that you could bring value. It's purely just where our client list is and how we're scaling. And like the le- like the entry level is just not what we need right now. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like to this day, like it makes sense, but it was still super hard to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Devastating. I'm sure. <laughs> so that's like towards the end of my internship. And then I started looking at like next options. So going back to Nebraska, I knew I, I'd always been a fan of Barstool, like for like since probably since like 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. And I like knew that Barstool Nebraska, like was a, like I saw there was a ton of potential there. Cause I saw a lot of similarities between Nebraska and then Barstool. So I looked up and there was a Barstool Nebraska account. Uh, but I like, in my head, I was like, they're not doing enough at all. So I did mm-hmm. the exact same thing. I just did a one pager. Cause I had a lot of ideas of like, pretty much 57 ways like I could bring value to the Barstool Nebraska account and sent it to Tex who was running Barstool's college program at the time. Mm -hmm. I don't even know his real name. I just know him as Tex. I was going to (laughs) say, I don't know most of their real names. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he was like, I love this. Send it to, send it to this guy who was uh, Yanni Calagaris and he was running the account at the time. And it was pretty much I, I kudos to Yanni because looking back on it, it was pretty much like, here's a way, do your job better. Here's 57 <laughs> yeah. ways to do your job better. And he had just gotten through like battling with the kid who had the account before him to get all the passwords. And like, that's why it was like inactive for so mm-hmm. long. And so he, yeah, like shout out to Yanni for having enough humility to be like, yep. And get, got me on the phone. He's like, I love this, this, and this, let's do it. Um, and I started working for him while I was still at Vayner, like, like my last week at Vayner. Mm-hmm. And during that last week, I actually went to see a comedy show and this guy's performing and he's like, yeah, I like work at Barstool. And I was like, oh, no way. So I talked to him after and it was uh, Francis Ellis, who's okay, no, yep. no longer at Barstool. Yeah. 
and he's like, you should come by the office tomorrow. This was the day my flight left. So like, like my flight left that day. I had been like running on like four hours of sleep, just trying to get like the most out of my New York time. And I woke up in the morning, took all my bags to Barstool Sports HQ at the time, which was like their first New York headquarters. Mm -hmm. Set my stuff down. He's like, yeah. So he like took me up. He's like, so this is pretty much it. And I was like, no, like, thank you, man. Like, this is, I appreciate this. And I like chilled in the, in the couches or on the chairs, like in the middle of the office. And I had like, I'm like delirious, sleep deprived. And I'm like, I had the idea, like, I need to get some content for like Barstool, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Like I get, and I need to just try to. So I went around to like all the personalities and asked them like just Nebraska based questions. And like, I, to this day, like I, I, like when people ask me about that experience, like PFT commenter, is the nicest human being like PFT commenter and Trent, like all of the, all those guys that were there were great and they answered my questions. But like those two made me feel so comfortable and made me feel like this wasn't like the weirdest thing in the world that this kid was just uh -huh. coming up to them in the middle of their work day while they're focused in on writing to ask them questions about, did you know the Nebraska bug eaters? Like what, that was their name. Like when they first started off, like dumb questions like that. And they took so much time with it and like were hilarious of course and ended up getting like I, I wish I still had those videos I guess I should look back through Barstool Nebraska account because they're still on there but I came back with those videos and obviously like when I came back to work on the account at Nebraska that held mm -hmm. a lot of weight and to answer your question like Viceroy just means run the account like cool they they gave us complete freedom it was mm -hmm. it was the, the three commandments were like don't accept money from anybody grow the account and always remember to grow the account. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And that's, I mean, that's a, that's a bit weird that they didn't let, allow you to accept money. Um, Barcelona loves getting free shit. So I'm kind of curious about that a little bit, I guess. Yeah. I think, I think it was because they just didn't want kids like selling, like doing some like skeevy stuff with their brand, but like, okay, I guess that it, makes sense. it honestly inhibited us, like in a weird way, it kept us from, doing mm -hmm. some stuff because there was some partnerships that we wanted to do with like bars in town that didn't really like they were they were weary to work with us because we were like no we'll do this for free they're like why mm -hmm. like like it it almost took more convincing to get them mm -hmm. to work with us because we weren't interested in money that is that's really interesting um but it's i mean that sounds like such an incredible experience um just getting able to do that being able to do that and, and earning that opportunity and again shout out to uh yanni i think he said his name was yeah, it's very yep. difficult to go to somebody and be like Hey man, I think you could do your job better. And here's how, um, but clearly you did it in a way. I mean, you kind of went over his head and then kind of came back down. Exactly. To him. So, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, shout out to him for being so understanding. I'm sure his first thought wasn't like, wow, I can't wait to have this guy's help. But, um, you know, it is really important to understand, like just giving value. Like you didn't come for his head. You didn't say like, Oh dude, I want to run the account. It's, you know, I'd love to help. And here are some ways that I think you know, this account specifically can, you know, improve on what it's doing. Um, and now, obviously, as you said, he had the story behind, well, he didn't have any of the passwords, so half the shit wasn't there. But mm -hmm. I think it's really important, again, the way you came about it. It wasn't like, yo, let me run this account. I'm better. It's, hey, man, here are just some really cool ways. Like, I'd love to help in any way. And I think that collaboration and value that you put forward first uh, was, was very important to being able to land that. And then, as you said, you know, get to go to HQ for a minute and get to talk to all those dudes. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, I mean, 
unreal. Like I, I still replay that because I was so sleep deprived at the time. It just doesn't like feel real. <laughs> that is awesome. And yeah, maybe you kind of just walk into HQ three and be like, do you guys remember the bug eaters? Like, yeah, just let me in. Guys. Just let me in. Uh, that my, dream, my, my dream is to bring it. Cause I, one of my clients is close with uh, Willie Cologne and now Willie's over there. And so like, mm-hmm. we've talked about going over there a couple of times, but like, I would, I would like to like do something, do some projects with them and just be like, you know, so like, this is really embarrassing, but like, look at this video. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Bring it up. I mean, uh, self-deprecation, man. That is like a bar stool. Like that's like a pinnacle of what they do, which I respect. Um, you know, let, let me make fun of myself. I know uh, a couple weeks ago, I saw so I'm a pretty big Duke fan and big cat obviously went to Wisconsin. So mm-hmm. he just live streamed. He watched the Duke Wisconsin game <laughs> and just live streamed himself being all depressed. And it's like, I get it. I don't, I wouldn't be able to do this, but I get it. And I respect it. I respect like, the hell out of it. I'll tune in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And in, the, in that same way, I think I told you, like we would, that was the roughest year to run a Nebraska f- account. Cause everything revolves around Nebraska football. And it was, a t- it was the worst year in 50 some odd years. Mm-hmm. And we would do spread bets where we would bet against the spread and we would give our audience the option of picking what happens if we don't lose mm-hmm. it or if we don't make, if we don't beat the spread and against Northern Illinois, we didn't beat the spread. And the thing that they had picked was dive through a cake. And we didn't even like, we threw that out as an option because we were like, couldn't think of anything else. Mm-hmm. Like dive through a cake. That sounds good. But didn't even picture what that would look like. So what that did end up looking like was me taking a dive off of a 10 foot deck onto a cake that was set up on a folding table. And straight through like i it it i watching the video back like it just it, it hurts me now still looking back at it so the self-deprecating and that yeah. was even like i guess it makes it even better at that point i think we had two thousand followers <laughs> that was for that was for probably 300 <laughs> people to see anything for the clout man anything anything for, anything for that account man anything anything to grow that is awesome to guess the number two and number three rule do whatever you got to do to grow um <laughs> kudos to you man for doing that i i feel like a lot of people probably would have wimped out especially after losing or not even being able to cover the spread against northern illinois who's always been a relatively good team but being nebraska you should handily beat them every single time and that was one i think it was 10 and a half like we were confident we were <laughs> we thought that that was no way oh goodness um well hey man it is what it is and i guess uh so how long did you end up uh, running and help or helping run that account for? So to, like full time running the account, posting every day uh, was from like August to January or like okay. December, just like end of December was when I stopped. But like, I would help them or I would help Yanni out like with like whatever he asked for in that second mm-hmm. semester. Like my, my thought with that was just like, I needed, like, I didn't want to repeat my same mistakes and I wanted to focus on getting a job mm-hmm. after grad mm-hmm. school. That makes sense. But man, that must've been so much fun while you were doing it. So much fun. I like, it was so stressful and I put so much time into it, but like looking back on it, it's like, if, if you give your all into something, like you'll never look back and be like, Oh, that was like, why'd I do that? Like I gave my all into it and it was like just creating content every day and trying like really my goal every day was just try to be funnier than I was Mm. yesterday. I love it a lot of times you failed but like i like i'm still so proud of like oh like Dwayne wade like when Dwayne wade made some comment like he was going to come back and like step on the field like because he had technically has that one year of eligibility or something like like he was te- and we were so bad at the time 
I don't know, I'll, and I said something like this Saturday, and it was it was a like the best Photoshop I could do of like Dwayne Wade in wearing a number three Nebraska jersey and handing him like handing the ref a piece of paper that says I am twelve in crayon <laughs> with just the Dwayne <laughs> Dwayne Wade's picture, and like. <laughs> That That's was our awesome. first piece of content that went like legitimately viral on Instagram. And I was still like, I will never, like, I'll never forget that joke. That, was, that, that is was awesome, joke. dude. Yeah. I, we've all seen like that. Yeah. In Korean, it looks like it was like the, like, the left hand. It's just like, I am. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, dude, that's fantastic. Oh, I love it. And then, so um, you were there for, you, you helped out the, I mean, you ran the account, as you said, for, you know, a solid three, four, four ish, five months, whatever it ends up being. And then you kind of, you know, phase that out a little bit. Um, how did you then transition to doing what you're doing now after, after grad school, I guess. So what, what did you do to try and get that job and kind of what happened after, you know, December of that year? Yeah. So the plan was to try to get into like that sports agency, like marketing agency, like still get experience. I, my thinking has always been like, no one really wants to bring on like a 24 year old agent. So like, I'm not, I wasn't in a huge rush to be an agent. And then if you are a 24 year old agent and you're killing it, like shout, shout out, out to you, yeah, like, you, like, keep doing you. Like, I'm not, I'm not speaking against that. Um, but that was just my thinking. And I, I was like, I'll get a job in the, in there or as close to sports as possible and work my way in. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I, or like, again, another 50 application, like anybody that like is filling out applications. Cause I feel like this isn't talked about enough. I've probably filled out 300 job applications to get four yeses. Like, mm -hmm. It doesn't just happen. And like, I'm not like, like, it's not like I have a terrible GPA or anything like that or any numbers, like anything that sticks out. Like it does take a ton of time. Like just, just be patient with it. Cause I felt like such a failure, like filling, like filling all those mm -hmm. out the first time. Um, but anyway, the major league soccer has their sales center. And at first I just saw like major league soccer sales and I was like, yeah, I could do that. Like I didn't know a lot too much about soccer, but I was like, um, did it, they, I, I applied, they answered back the first time, started doing more research and realized like, okay, so this is a thing like 500, they, they get 500 applications or so a year. Uh, again, Blake Lawrence being a, like being a mentor, I like talked to him about it. He's like, yeah, this is like, like this is pretty dang selective and like a really good program if you're trying to get into sales. And they made me film like why, I think it was great questions. It was like, why soccer and why sales? That was the only thing. You had to mm -hmm. film a three minute video about that. And I, I did that the morning of 4th of July in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, which is like my favorite day and my favorite, like my favorite time to be in my hometown and my favorite place. Like, so like getting up, gearing up for the biggest party day of the year. And I'm up at 6am on top of the mountain with my buddy who's a videographer, shout out Noah Wetzel. Who's, he's with Red Bull now. He's a, he's a beast. Um, and we filmed that and, miraculously got in and had no idea what I was in store for had never done phone sales mm -hmm. I had done I had sold golf balls at golf courses for Srixon <laughs> all right all like, right I would I would pack up with like these 120 boxes and I would show up and that was like my sales experience uh so I I got a crash course in sales and for this like this is a tough experience to to relay to anybody but just to like illustrate for us it was 30 people, 27 of them were guys. Shout out to the girls who made it through. 27 or 30 of us came in. I think like five to seven quit in the first two weeks. Wow. Once we, once we got on the phones, it was an average of like 275 to 300 
15 was probably like, it, I don't know where my average ended up, but that was the average amount of calls we'd make a day. A day? 300 a day? A day? Just machine dialing, cold calling people who had been to games two years ago. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is Jake Miller from the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, how are you doing today? You know, like trying to yep. <laughs> build rapport. Like if it was so funny looking back, like on that first week, if somebody talked to us for 10 minutes, we were heroes. Like mm-hmm. we were, yep. everybody was gathered around them. Like, oh my gosh. And we like that place is, is a, is a social experiment because we're putting in 10 and 12 hours a day, making that many calls. And all we have is each other. Like we live in the dorms that are connected to this office. Like we don't go outside. We don't see anyone else. This is our, this is our team. This is our crew. And like, I have such strong relationships from that experience. And I like broke it down, like why that is one time. And I think it's just cause it's such a new experience. And we were all like, we forged those relationships in such a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I, I got out of that. Uh, like it, it does what it does. It prepares you to do phone sales. And I crushed the interviews with the Colorado Rapids and a couple of USL teams and was deciding. And I ended up deciding with the Rapids and was about a week out from starting and David Javin, who's probably like my best friend, I live with him right now. And he's, he calls me and he's working for AJ as he as his assistant at this point and says, Hey, uh, AJ's got a client who wants to bring somebody on full time. And I said, what does that mean? He's like, he wants like a business admin. He wants somebody, he wants a business manager. I said, like, what does that mean? And he's like, Figure it out. Uh, grow, is, grow is off the field business. And then what does that mean? Like you're asking too many questions. So <laughs> just say yes. Just say yes. What are you doing? Just say yes. And he's like, it was for very little money, like barely enough to get by, but exactly, pretty much exactly what I threw out uh, for mm-hmm. Vayner, for Vayner, like when I was leaving. And I'm sure that that stuck with AJ. Like, okay, if there's anybody that's going to take that much money, it's, it's this psychopath. So called me and I, I was like, yep, yeah, absolutely. Like, and that got me on the phone with Josh Martin, who ended up being my first client. Josh and I talked probably like an hour a night for two or three days. Like, and then after like that third time, he's like, yeah, I do. I think I'm, think I'm ready to bring you on. So I said, That's awesome. Awesome, man. And I was a week out from starting with the Rapids. I had to call. They have an unreal team. That, like, and I like with the sales center, you get to see the different kinds of teams. And at the Rapids, they are like, everybody says that they're a cut above, but they are a cut above. And that's because of the work like JB James Bryant does. And then the people that they hire, cause like they hired two of the best kids from mm-hmm. our, or three actually like three of the best kids from our crew. And three, including you or four, uh, including no, you? four, including me, but they're <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, dude, that's and awesome. I was definitely not, I was definitely not one of those top tier kids. They, hey. they hired three of the top ones and then picked me up off of waivers pretty cheap <laughs> there you go. hey man sometimes that's what you got to do that's how you build a championship team you got you got to you got to take gotta, a hit on a couple of these players. people um so this is essentially uh your opportunity to really start doing what you're doing now correct so this is kind of yes. josh martin so tell us a little bit about him i know he's a pretty cool dude i've seen him speak so he was awesome but tell us a little bit about him and then i guess you know we'll keep we'll keep keep this conversation rolling josh is like unlike anybody i've ever met in my life uh attention to detail is like you know, that's something that everybody talks about, but he's definitely takes it to another level. And you, that's, he's, in, he's incredibly athletic, but I think that's more of what makes him successful on the field than anything else is he can break down a rush, like a rush technique of what somebody's doing in terms of like, and it's so much deeper than like, like an example that I'd give of like swim, duck, 
go here. He took that step. Now I'm inside. Like, but he, he is a tactician in that and an attention to detail. And he brings that into his business, which is something like, does that make my life harder sometimes? Absolutely. But it's something I really appreciate at the end mm. of the day. Um, also just a really driven dude. Also like a dude who, this is something else I appreciate about Josh that he has his values. Like I know what to expect with him. Like he, like he sets work here. He sets, he sets every, like he has his values and like he sticks to them. Mm-hmm. And with his like off the field work, it's something he's committed to. And I think something that's going to be cool about Josh, cause he took a risk on me. Like I had no, like, what did I have? Like, yeah, you've, you've mm-hmm. heard my story to this point. Like what, what did I have to offer really like nothing tangible. So it was him taking a risk on me and him believing in me. Like, that's always what I'm going to appreciate about like about Josh is that is him, him giving me that chance to like really figure things out and me being like, Hey, would you be interested in this? And he'd be like, yeah, sure. Maybe do it. And then I'd go like, I'd go try to execute that. And uh, yeah, just, just, that's awesome, man. And so just to make sure he is on the New Orleans saints, correct. As a defensive back, a uh, free agent right now, okay. but he, uh, maybe when him. I, when I saw him, he was on the, yes. was he on the saints last year? Okay, cool. Yes. Uh, he, was on the sense Josh said, so Josh was a starting linebacker with the, with the Jets in 2016, 2017. I might be getting the dates a little messed up there. Had two concussions in one season before this last year. So everybody's very, everybody yeah. was very weary. Saints brought him in for a workout, just crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. Like far and away the best player. They brought him on. Uh, everything was looking good. And then this third preseason game, I, I could, I like, he took some hard hits and I was like, Oh, there's not like, and he got up and like, I, I, every time, like that was my first time watching football with that much of a vested interest. And every mm-hmm. time, like, I felt like, I felt like his mother, like every time like I hit the hard hit, I was like, no, no. okay, he's up, he's up, he's up. Uh-huh. Uh, and, but this was just a play. He like guy caught a screen in the flat, Josh dove, missed him and then came off the field and then he wasn't back on. I was like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, he ended up separating his shoulder and blew out everything. Uh, Jesus. Or separate, like dislocated the shoulder and mm-hmm. on its way out, it broke the socket. Yeah. Oh, so, oh my God. So like just for diving, like, mm-hmm. like any, any, like everybody's done this, like just mm-hmm. diving on ground. And, yep. uh, but yeah, this next year, honestly, looks like I, I feel like less teams are going to be worried about the concussion stuff. And he's, I don't know. He's, I'm impressed. His preparation for the season is diligent. To That's say, awesome. If, if I were to put it in one word. <laughs> I love it, man. So, so he brings you on um, all around cool guy. Again, I saw him talk. He's into music, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. he helps, you know, inner city schools. Like he's just like a, <laughs> just an incredible human being. And, you know, we actually didn't meet when I saw him talk. We met uh, only a few months ago at this point. And that was probably, I don't even know. That was a while ago. Um, when I, when I first saw him talk some like last summer, if I'm not mistaken, but so this was kind of your first client, essentially. So when did the when did you see like okay, I have one, and I can manage his business, I can I can manage his you know social media, his outside investment or not investments, but like his outside interests. When did you realize like all right, like I can do this for one person? Well, now let's see how can I do this for more people so that twenty whatever thousand hopefully a uh, number yeah. starts to go up, so <laughs> yep. you can actually enjoy New York City a little bit. <laughs> and at, and at this time I was in Denver. Living, oh, okay. in one of my, living in one of my buddies' side rooms. I did not have a door to give you guys, like, where, like how I was making this work. Um, and I, honestly, growth was never something I was, like, 
even mm-hmm. like, even in that situation, it was never something that was conscious. Like, Oh, I need to bring on another client. Obviously like that would come up like, Oh, how is this going to scale? But the main thing I was focused on is like, and the main thing, like my dad and a couple other people told me, and it was just great advice was just like, if you kill it for this guy, the rest will come like mm-hmm. the neck or like not the rest, but like the next clients will yep. come. And so that's what I was focused on. And I was just work, working hard for Josh and he has spoken at an event where, uh, he was speaking with Hakeem Velez, who, uh, is a, just retired from the NFL. And after the event, like I was getting ready to leave. I was like on my way out and I was like dapping Josh up to leave. And he's like, Oh, and Keem was like, Oh yo, who's this? And I was like, Oh, it's something I'm Jake. And Josh said something like, yeah, he's, he's my business manager. And he's like, oh, he's keeping me together. Just something like throw away like mm-hmm. that. And Akeem was like, yo, this is like, or Akeem was like, yo, I need somebody like you. I was like, oh yeah, well, I don't know, man, hit, hit me up. And, <laughs> sure. Sounds good, dude. <laughs> and he ended up like, I think we exchanged numbers and he ended up getting in touch with me when he was in Denver and we sat around and met like, I think we were talking to like four in the morning. Like I went over to his Airbnb and we were just talking to like four in the morning. Uh, with him and his buddy Choi and uh, my friend Jess Shepard, who you should get, you should get for this show. She she's great. She's Tell her she's, to come at, on. she's at the MLB now. Um, and like at the end of it, we didn't like. I talked about my business a little bit. Like he asked me about my rates and everything, but it was never something like, "Are you ready to close? Are you mm-hmm. ready to go?" Like it was just we left it. At, we left it there. And honestly, like a couple weeks had gone by, and I was like, yeah, you know, like Keem knows, like I'm here. I wasn't really too stressing about it because again, like I didn't feel like even though I had put in that work with Josh and mm-hmm. like, I guess like I just talked about it with one of my buddies that like there is, there's an element where I need to give myself more credit. Like there was stuff coming in, but like in my eyes, I was like, I, we're not going to be there till he has a million YouTube subscribers. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, like I had, I had some ideas of like benchmarks in my head and I don't think that was it, but, uh, that'd be an incredible one, dude. You make him awesome so much one. money. If, it, if anybody knows how to make that happen. Yeah, I do know up. a couple of people actually. Really? Yep. Well, I'll hit you up after we're done here. Okay. Yeah. If anybody wants to make that happen, that's, that's some advice I need. Um, and the Akeem ended up just texting me. He's like, Hey, I'm ready to bring you on out of the blue. <laughs> like, and I was like, okay, now I have to figure out how to scale this thing. And at that point, Josh had, he's like, yo, I want to give you a raise to bring you out to New York. And I was like, that's awesome. And Keem said he wants to come on. So then that was my first time. Like now I had to balance two clients and I like told Josh, you know, like keep the raise. I'm going to bring on another client and I'm going to make this work. And that was in December. Mm-hmm. And so it's been like two or three months. It's getting more and more comfortable, like about where the value is, like where I, where I fit in with each guy and actually bringing on my third client here in May. Ink's not dry, but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Ink's not Ink's dry. Not dry. Yep, exactly. Don't cash, you. don't cash that check yeah. yet. I've done that <laughs> one <once> twice. <laughs> yeah. I'm close. I'm close. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited about where it's going. Cause it's not necessarily like with Akeem, Akeem's not in the NFL. Like mm-hmm. my value to him is helping him build his business. So, like that's entirely where my value is. And I'm not limited, uh, to that. And like the client that I'm bringing on in May is a very like entrepreneurial, very business centered client, not an athlete at all, but like in this, in working in sports, but in the space to where like, I'm excited about like building those personal brands. Cause I think if you're building the personal brand of somebody who genuinely helps athletes, you're still like, I, I'm still working towards that same mission. Mm-hmm. 
hundred percent, man. And I mean, if you can do this thing without having to go to one of those agencies, you can do this thing, you know, what you love doing, helping the people you want to spend time with and enjoying the hell out of it. I mean, Hey man, sounds like you, uh, sounds like you hit the jackpot. Now you just have to figure out how to bring on 10 or 15 more clients, right? Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And that's what I, I mean. Like, man, that's, I think that's why there's like this instant respect, like with what you're doing is like, it's like, we, okay, and this is something we talked about, like the, there's so many perils of a big agency. Like there's just so many, the way it's designed is almost, it's tough to keep the focus all about the athlete mm-hmm. in a, as, as an agency gets larger. There's some that can, that can do it better than others. But I think like with what you're doing, you keep the focus on the athletes. Like mm-hmm. I think when we first started talking, there was like that instant level of like respect and like, oh, he's doing it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. The Olympians that I get to work with are incredible. Obviously, now is a very weird time for it, but uh, I'm excited. Once all this stuff kind of finishes, I think, um, you know, I'm really excited for, you know, May, June, July, when, uh, you know, especially July, when everyone's like, oh, shoot, the Olympics were supposed to be now. And if everything is kind of okay by then, um, you know, I'm I'm very confident that we're going to make them some money, which is going to be very very exciting but until That's then awesome. we uh we keep doing more podcasts so exactly. <laughs> we, we rock and roll, man. We rock and roll. I love it. I love um it. so what about i guess what what exactly what do you love about what you do i always want to ask people that like how like what is it about managing you know personal brands social media like the outside interests like what do you love so much about that that continues you down this path for sure so for me like i i've been studying the agency business like in undergrad and college and the what I came to like athletes are not mistreated by any means in our society but athletes in my view like are treated unfairly like it's it's just that how it comes where these there's very few people the owners and like what no matter like what no matter what the structure is of the sport there tends to be very few people with a lot of money and these athletes are coming from a position where they've almost like like we talked about right at the beginning the proving the character they've Mm -hmm. proven their character and and then some mm-hmm. and they that drive and where that comes from oftentimes that comes from like childhood trauma or some sort of trauma or some sort of disadvantage that makes them push themselves harder than anyone else and that's what like that's something i've always been drawn about to athletes so like that's why I, that's why i love working with athletes and that's why i want to help athletes and what i love about what i do is i i get to do that and i get to do that right now like as you guys can see, like this wasn't the original plan. Mm-hmm. Like I always, I was always aiming this way, but right now I get to wake up every morning and be like, how do I help my guys progress, like progress in their mm-hmm. business and do what I can for them off the field so that the balance of power is like maybe even now that point zero 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 zero, like say zero for another three minutes, 1% that I, that I, that I make that big of a difference. Like that's, that's what, that's what hypes me up about going to work every day. I love it, man. I think that's so important. And the one thing that sounds again, drawing some more parallels, as you said in the beginning, like how you were able to get those first few positions was you showed a significant amount of value and now you're showing a significant amount of value to your clientele. But the coolest part about that is you're showing them value by bringing them more value and bringing their there's you know followings value so it's, it's just a huge value train i guess i don't know how the heck to describe it but <laughs> you're it. bringing them value by helping them bring value to other people it's like this very weird kind of like a b you know equals c kind of thing and i think that's that's awesome and it sounds like it's right up your alley exactly and that's something that's cool about like how this is all started is like 
the guys I work with are not, and I think they would tell you this too, are not the top guys in the NFL. But mm. in terms of off the field work and like the impact that they're looking to have, I would say in the work ethic and like the, the stuff that they're willing to put into those efforts off the field, I would say they're in the t- like top 0.01%. So I'm working with these people where community impact is, is always is really top of mind. And that makes it a lot easier to do work for like, mm-hmm. it's not, for example, like it's not going and getting sponsors for a guy's TV show because he wants to be on TV. It's going to get a guy sponsored for a TV show because he wants to talk about social issues mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. It's a lot easier to get fired up about. Exactly. There's that actually, it's not just totally egotistical. It's like, Hey, I want to use my platform to help the community that I'm from or the people that I love the most. And I think that that's awesome. Um, and Jake, the last question I have for you, I mean, what is, what's the North star you're kind of moving towards? What's that pie in the sky view of this business? And I, again, like, obviously you might not know the answer. And as we've seen over this time, everything's going to change. But as of right now, I guess, what's kind of that North star you're pointing to? That North star for me is like I talked about, it big agencies have a like, struggle, the bigger an agency against the more it struggles to work on just behalf of the athlete. Like it just doesn't make sense for you to be there with the athlete day to day it makes sense for you to bring on another guy get it get more get more guys helps with contracts because like that's essentially what modern day agencies were built to do they were not built to be with a guy day to day on personal brand development and so like i'm not running a sports agency i'm not really even running a marketing agency because i'm not really like for me and my barometer of success is not oh i got you a like fifty thousand dollar deal from nike like my barometer of success is like, are we building a personal brand? Are we building something that more and more people are, are like have the potential to get attached to. And that's where my North star is, is I'm not reactive like an agent or reactive, like a, just strictly a personal administrator. I'm proactive and I'm working in a direction where like what matters at the end of the day is that, the person's vision and their values get portrayed. Like I'm telling a story. Like that's what means the most to me at the end of the day is, is helping guys tell their stories. Hell yeah. I love that. This was awesome, dude. Jake Miller, founder of Grit Player Services. I'll have all your socials. I'll have all the links in the show notes. Jake, really appreciate your time today, man. I appreciate it, Michael. This was a ton of fun, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Jake. As I said, just an all-around great dude. Super grateful I got to have him on. Such a cool guy, and I'm very happy that I can now call him a good friend. Please make sure to follow Jake on all of his socials. Everything is in the show notes. Please make sure to give us a five-star review wherever the heck you're listening. It would help us a lot with getting more people to view the show. And thank you so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of, so I appreciate you giving me some of yours, and I hope you make it a wonderful day.